Okay. Yeah. Oh. We're live. Hello. <coughs> Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Why is okay? Yeah, we seem to have something now, Dan. God, I've pressed every fucking combination of buttons. Apart from that one. I think I did press that one. Oh no, I pressed the one next to it. There you go. Is it working? It seems to be. Yeah. Is it give normally? It, it is... And then, um, like, just try recording something. Yeah, yeah. Is it recording? Yeah. It seems. To... Yeah, yeah. It's been recording the whole time. La 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 la. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, we've got the little uh, wavy lines and everything coming up now. Give it a listen, just just to see if you make sure make sure it sounds okay. Okay, dear. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Dan. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Dan. All right then. Have a nice day. Bye. Go back to your hangover. Um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> Bye, dear. And, oh, um, we don't need the gear tonight because that was going to be a problem, wasn't it? That's... Was it? It's going to be a problem for us, you pricks. <laughs> um, well, if we leave it in the state you left in. Um. Okay, Dan. Yeah, just give me a shout when you're done work. I'm going to slam dunk later, so I'm. That's what I just said. We can't, I can't hear you because Terry's as loud as a fucking helicopter. <laughs> no, we don't need it because uh, I've got a message from Tom saying that his glands are swollen up. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, who are this is? I think we're probably going to do it Tuesday, Wednesday. All so right. Whenever, we'll pick it up. I'll pick it up whenever, basically. Okay, dear. All right. Enjoy Slam Dunk. Have Thanks. fun podding. Okay, dear. See you right. later. Bye, bye, bye. Bye. Swollen glands. Hi, and welcome to another edition of Too Much Time on Our Hands, the theatrical cut. Don't sound too excited, Sonia. I'm a bit... Well, it's taken us, what, how long to set this up? Four days, I think it feels like. <laughs> Four days. Terry and I have been left unsupervised to set up all the equipment, and um, we had to admit defeat and ring down at work <laughs> and send him pictures of our knobs so that he could... Uh, decipher what was wrong. Decipher what was wrong. Every, everything was wrong, every button was pressed wrong, every dial was facing the wrong but way. But in our defence, they had left the kit in an awful state. Shambolic. Shambolic. Anyway, uh, we're here now, we're set up um, a good hour and 15 minutes later. I'm Sonia, sitting opposite me, thankfully I can't see his face, is Terry. Hi Sonia. Hi Terry. How's your week been, dear? Yeah, it's been alright. Would you like me to talk about the films that I've watched? The extensive list? Um, I'll tell you what, you can talk about whatever you want. How's that? Well, I had my tooth out. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. They made quick work of that as well. Consider, if you haven't seen Terry's teeth are fucking massive. I don't yeah. know how they did it so quickly. I was sat in the waiting room longer than I was <laughs> sat in the dentist chair, about 10 minutes having that bad boy out. Wow. Straight back off to work with a numb face, looking like I've had a stroke. You shouldn't go back to work after having a wisdom tooth out. It's classed as like a minor nails. operation. No, well, when I I have I, felt I would have had awful some, since. I would have had some time off work. Don't really have. The, I have to make I up don't the really time. Have the to- well, okay, fine. You feel like crap then. I just soldier on with a. When I had my wis- face. when I had one wisdom teeth out, I had all four done in one go, and I had laughing gas, and it was one of the best days of my no, life. I just had injections. It was amazing. It was amazing. Good Although times d- they were. 
Although while I was there waiting for it to go numb, another dentist came in and said, oh, by the way, it's Barbara's birthday. There's cake in the way, in there. It's like, dentists have cake for a birthday. I thought they'd have like carrots or something. They're like, no, we love cake. <laughs> Barbara. Um, happy birthday, Barbara. <laughs> so Zion, Terry has sent me a picture of his tooth. So if anyone wants to see it, Maybe we'll put it on our maybe we'll put it on our story so it disappears. <laughs> yeah, it has got some nasty roots on it, that type of boy. <laughs> and um and a chicken wing. Right. <laughs> what else did you do besides having a teeth out? Uh so I mean all I've done is work and sleep and watch a couple of films to be honest, because that as you've said, it it was a minor operation, so I was very tired. So I've been in bed at eight o'clock most nights this week. Living the dream, Terry, living the dream. So this week I've watched, I've rewatched The Greatest Showman again because it's just a fabulous film. I don't feel like we need to <laughs> go on again. Fabulous. It is indeed. And then I've watched my Kex file, which I won't talk about right now. We'll talk about that when we get to the Kex file. And then last night I watched Coco for the first time. <gasps> and? Absolutely loved it. Somehow I managed to miss it at the cinema. But yeah, I thought it was absolutely amazing. Very emotional at the end. Definitely welling up. It's the first film that Daisy, my daughter's actually like properly sat and watched. Normally with a film, she'll be off pottering around, which she did a little bit, but she, it was just so visually beautiful. It's she amazing. Was, yeah, she was just sat watching it. I'm just trying to see when, because I, I went to watch Coco at the cinema and I remember going on my own because I don't have any friends. Um, I went to see it. I've got a feeling before... I popped in to see something else. I got to the cinema a bit early. I think, I uh, know, I think um, you popped in to see Coco when we were seeing something in the evening. Yeah, maybe. Um, but I've said to, I mean, Coco came out on Monday. Today's Sunday. We record on a Sunday. So Monday just gone is when Coco came out. It was a good day for new releases because the post was out. Um, yeah. Three billboards. Film. Commuter. <laughs> What's that? Gripping film, the post, wasn't it? Um, yeah, Terry had a nice little sleepy through that. Did his dad snoring? Um, but I've said to I've said to so many people, if you haven't seen Coco, it really deserves to be seen on a big screen. So even if you have bought it and watched it for the first time on Blu-ray or DVD, then try and find a, a cinema showing it and watch it again on a big screen because, like Terry says, it does look. I can imagine incredible. how beautiful it would look on a big screen. I do have to just say thank you, Steve, for lending me Coco. <clears throat> oh God, you didn't even buy it. I'll buy it now. It's such a tight boot. When someone's got it, I'll have a lend first. All you've right. got a pile the size of my bloody arm of my DVDs you've borrowed. <laughs> <laughs> Which you haven't bloody watched in ages. I've watched loads. Right. Are you done? Is that all you did? Yep. Okay, cool. Um, we are recording somewhere different today. We're normally in the conservatory, which I think Dan quite likes because it's... Um, Apparently the confined space with all the windows and doors shut is good for the sound. I'm I'm cat sitting this weekend, so we're in a big like open plan. Um, yeah, so kitchen, downstairs. dining room, front room is all it all in one room essentially. So it's it's a little bit booming. We've had to shut the back doors because there was there was a, Terry said it's picking up too much outside noise and it was it was bird song and I thought it was quite lovely, but um, we've closed the doors. So if it sounds a bit boomy, it's because we're in a great big open room, um, and we might hear my cat. If he comes for a little wander, um, but yeah, I've I've had quite, I'm, unlike Terry, I've had quite a busy um, week. I didn't have any teeth out. Um, I finished my um, little um, machine head extravaganza. So last week at the end of the podcast, I did give out the wrong uh, Instagram account for me. I gave you out did. my Mallory underscores listens, <laughs> um, 
And whether or not it's anything to do with the podcast, I have had like a little rise in followers, actually. Um, so if you have followed um, after listening to podcasts, thanks for that. But I imagine um, most of the new follows are from fellow Machine Head fans because I did do a three-day um, jaunt to see um, Three Nights of Machine Head last week, which was amazing. Finished up on uh, Monday in Nottingham. I appreciate we're not here to talk about music, but um, tough. I was there. It was amazing. Um I watched a film called Twisted. Um, my mum had a box of DVDs to take to the charity shop and it had that in it and it's got, say, Ashley Judd. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can picture the cover now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I quite liked that. She plays... Um, I think I might have seen it. Yeah, she plays a cop and um, it's normally... It's funny because we were talking last week about um, strong female... I know we were talking about TV characters, but I thought the role that she was playing is normally a role that's portrayed by a male. She was playing a cop with like a... A drink problem mm. and uh, she likes to get into fights and I thought yeah, it was I quite I've seen that I thought it was kind of, kind of like a blokey role but um yeah I won't go too much into that it was all right um I went to watch Deadpool 2 again because I like the lols I good was, second time around <clears throat> yeah I still laughed it it was interesting because you you said about you went to see it in the middle of the day and that the audience weren't as like responsive mm. and the first time I went to see it I think it was on opening day packed screen everyone was laughing their heads off it was amazing and this was a big screen, not full. There weren't as many people killing themselves laughing and it was a totally different atmosphere. I was still killing myself laughing and I knew the jokes that were coming up and I was laughing in advance. Um, but yeah, I really, really liked it second time around as well. Um, I'm possibly going to go for a third dip um, and watch Deadpool 1 and go straight to the cinema and watch Deadpool 2 just because I just really, really enjoy it. I think it. the Prince Charles are doing a <clears throat> back-to-back. Oh, that'd be point. nice. Yeah, that'd be nice. Um and then I watched, um, this, I'm going to do a Terry and do a really long roundup for this week. I watched um, a film called The Ghoul. The Oh, I've got it here, Terry, I'll show you. Yep. Jog your memory. Seeing a cover always helps. This one. Um, you watched an Arrow Blu-ray without me. Yeah, soz about that. Well, you were too busy gathering an early night after your tooth out. So the Arrow promotion's on, five for 30 in all good HMV stores. Um, it's a and, new one, and though, isn't it? It's not like a yeah, old it's quite, film. It's quite a new one, this one. So it's a British film um, produced by Ben Wheatley, the guy who did uh, Free Fire and Kill List. Um, very prolific man, Ben Wheatley. Um, is he in the hat? Uh, no, but he hasn't done that. Yeah, but I think what he's done, we could probably, we could probably have a good chat about. Any road up, um, The Ghoul um, is a really, really interesting watch. It's, um, it's low budget, um, and it, it looks... I th- it kept my attention. So before we put the ghoul on, um, we put the, the latest Underworld film on, and I lasted about ten minutes before having a thorough sleep. <laughs> so yeah, I can't it's tell not you. Very, I like the Underworld films, but the new one is awful. I can't tell you anything about the Underworld film apart from the fact that Kate Beckinsale still looks oh god yeah. insanely hot. Um, but yeah, I slept all the way through that, and then watched the ghoul, which, um, in comparison, has a tiny, tiny budget, and it starts off. Um, you've got like a police detective who goes undercover to see a psychologist and the lines between reality and fiction become blurred. And you actually don't know if you're watching a policeman who's going undercover to pretend he's got depression or if you're watching a depressed man who's actually living a fantasy life that he's a policeman. Ooh, um, I love a that. I thought it was really good. I was I was gripped throughout... Um, and I, yeah, I thought it was really, really good. And, and uh, I mean, some people hate these kind of films, but at the end of it, I 
didn't really feel like it was answered. It was kind of left open. It's like some people don't like Spoilers. that. Um, <clears throat> I don't really think it's a spoiler because you can go onto IMDb and just read this. <laughs> um, I also watched um, another one that Terry lent me called It Comes, it Comes at Night. Mm. Um, and actually, Terry, as you're sat there, I'm going to pass this across the table to you because you can have it back. Thanks, what, what did you think of It Comes at Night? I enjoyed it. It wasn't what I thought it was going to be. I hadn't really... I try as much as possible not to read up on films because mm. you've if you watch too many trailers and things like that it gives it away so all i knew was that it was some sort of horror-esque film cabin in the woods style and obviously it's called it comes at night but what the it is mm. isn't really described at all or even seen within the film mm. i mean reading up on it since the talk is that the it is the dreams that the boy has yeah and they're what come at night because obviously he has some fucked up dreams. Um, but I really liked it. Yeah. Very claustrophobic. I um, When Terry told me it was very claustrophobic, I wanted to see it because I am claustrophobic. So if I watch something that is claustrophobic, it will give me the willies. Um, I was really bored watching it. And I think I had to, I think I paused it three times to get up and like potter around and do other stuff. And I, I stuck with it just to sort of see. If if I liked it, but I'm really sorry. I did. I just didn't. Just found it really dull. Um, <clears throat> yeah, just maybe I was not in the right mood to watch it. Possibly, yeah. I was watching it in the middle of the day. Sometimes I think it's better I, watching I, I horror deliberately, movies. I deliberately waited till it was dark out to watch it. Yeah. Um, but of all the films I've watched this week, and obviously I watched Deadpool 2, and I totally love that. But I watched something that Terry lent me, and it's still in the machine. I okay. thought that felt a bit light. That's me opening and closing the DVD case. All Hallows Eve, which Terry lent me. Um, very low budget. Very low budget, because the film Terrifier is out, which some of you might have seen on the shelves in the shops, and that looks like crap. Um, but um, Which I've also lent you. Yeah, which I actually cannot wait to see, because All Hallows Eve, I thought, was bloody brilliant. Um, I really, really, really liked it. So basically... Um, a babe, there's a babysitter. She's looking after two kids. It's Halloween, um, and they're emptying their bags of like the sweets and stuff they've got. And there's a, vi- a video cassette. Yeah, good old VHS. Boy, there's a video cassette in the boy's uh, bag, and the kids are like, the kids are like t- nine and ten or yeah, something like young. that. And they're like, oh, can we watch it? Can we watch it? And the babysitter's just like, well, we don't know what's on it. Let me have a look first. And she starts watching it, and it's like a load of light noise, uh, white noise, and the kids come in and. And she's just like, oh, there doesn't seem to be anything on it. So the kids come in and they start watching it. And it's like a collection of films. Yeah, it's three um, short films. Three short films, which are essentially, the, I believe, the director's films yeah. that he'd made in the past. And he's just sort of like put, put them all together. He just like 15 minutes to chunk them together. But they all feature this clown, Art the Clown, who's the, the star of The Terrifier. But I... Wait, Terrifier is basically <clears throat> his, the one of the short films expanded to yeah, a film. Yeah, that's, that's what I guessed it would be. But... Um, I mean, I don't know when it was made or when it's supposed to be set. No, I think it's fairly modern set. Yeah, although it it kind of looks old. And when you watch the old like video clips, they mm. they look like crappy yeah. video recordings, don't they? But the the effect the um like the practical effects in it. Oh yeah, I love a practical. Are just effects. so so good, and we don't like see enough of that anymore. I mean, Terry and I love horror films and love these kind of um, effects, but to see something that's recently made 
I thought that the effects and the costumes and the masks were like really decent. Yeah. And some of the um. Because yeah, all the actual videos, like you say, they're short films that the director made, so they're probably even ridiculously low budget. I think like the one with the demons in it, he's even one of the demons Mm. to keep the costs down. Um, And the one towards the end where it looks like a like an alien head, you know, the guy with like the tubes coming out of his head, and he's. I don't know if you remember that one. I thought that was quite a cool like the costume. second one? Because you've got yeah, the demons, the, one, the aliens, and then... Yeah, I think it was the art. second one. Um, but, uh, but art kind of like crops up, doesn't it? And if you go online, if you go on Instagram, loads of people have got art tattoos. Yeah. Um, That's when I, I was flicking through Instagram, like going through like the suggested pictures yeah. and stuff. And there was a picture of the Terrifier cover. Mm. And I thought, oh, that's an interesting looking clown. And the guy put, it's a bit OTT, but I loved it. And I also love All Hallows' Eve, so that's what made me look yeah. it up. I got it for like, two quid off Amazon or something yeah, like I that. Yeah, I, I can see it's... Um, yeah, I can see you've got picked up a cheap copy. I mean, the um, there, are, there are so many like low-budget horror films that come out, and you can generally tell from the cover mm. that it's low-budget. And let's be honest, we watch a lot of them, and a lot of them are utter crap, oh, aren't yeah. they? And they're basically just like girls running around with not many clothes on yeah. and... And Which that, I don't think there's a, any nudity in this, is it? That's about it. But but okay, and you, I don't want to judge a book by a cover. But with these cheap horror films, you know, a lot of them you kind of can, can't mm. you? But this one, like, don't be put off. I don't know why I'm, I'm actually highlighting the video case, but you can't see it. Um, but don't be put off by the cheap look of this film and this case because it's really really good the art is very creepy um, very very well done because <clears throat> i mean obviously clowns are a big thing in horror mm. where they're very over the top very cackling very laughing and art he's quite he doesn't talk he's quite he's, subdued, he? he's black and white as well which i like he's got horrendous teeth the teeth are awful i, I mean this that's got to be a contender for halloween costumes this year because little the just, little snitch-esque top hat that you have It's on. just so... It's it's so good. I really, really I'm, I'm going to go and buy a copy. I think you're very yeah. much going to enjoy Terrifying. Um, yeah, I think Art the Clown might be one of my new favourite um, characters now. So the... Um, written and directed, and I think everything else, I think he's got sort of like Yeah, he's acting, literally done everything. Yeah, written, directed, and everything else by a guy called Damien Leone, or Leone. Yeah. I've, I've not heard of him before. I mean, I, I looked him up on Instagram. He's just got a couple of thousand followers, but he deserves many more for his work, because um, if you like horror, seriously, um, I, was, I was well happy with that watch last <laughs> night, especially after watching the 10-minute turd that was the Underworld movie. Um, so... Yeah, my terrifier week... is a lot bloodier, but it is still practical effects. I mean, yeah. I, I know you're not giving me that one back. Yeah, okay, I'll give you that. <laughs> give you that one back. Don't forget the disc still in the machine. So that's quite a long weekly round. I mean, I'm just going to highlight one more thing that I've been doing because it is kind of related to what we do. I've been binge listening to another podcast, and I have been for a couple of weeks now. The Arrow Video Podcast um, with two guys, Terry, I think you'll like it. Sam Ashurst and Dan Martin. And they both work in films. Dan Martin does effects. Yeah, you've mentioned before. Yeah, I've mentioned it to you before. Because I, as, as someone who really likes films, I just like listening to these two guys chat about mm. the films. They've, they're really into it. And they really... I just find them so interesting. And I like the different take. Because obviously we're talking about films. We're just two people that watch films. But these guys work in the industry. So I think... 
they're, they're talking about things that I wouldn't necessarily pick up the first time when I watch films. And I do feel like I'm looking at things slightly differently after listening to these two. And I've got, and it's actually in the back of the notebook I'm looking at now, I could never listen to them in the car because they used to talk about so many films that I wanted to make a note of. And so I could only listen to them at work when I could have my notebook next to me and I was writing down all these <laughs> films. But thankfully, someone's actually made a list on Letterboxd listing all the films that they mention in oh, their podcast. It's very, very handy. So they, they basically talk about one Arrow release in an episode and then they talk about, they recommend some films based on that film and then they recommend some films based on what they've been watching. Um, and it's just really, really good. And I've come away with loads of recommendations and... Um, I know what I'm probably going to buy in the next Arrow promotion based on what they've been talking about. So that's my um, that's my little roundup of the week. Should we uh, should we get onto the main body of the show? Yes. Okay. Do you want to start? So, so we picked comebacks out of the hat last week, um, and Terry and I got together. Normally, what we do is we we come up with um, things to talk about, but we don't talk about them beforehand. And we just kind of like to surprise each other with our suggestions, don't we? Because we, we do. like we like to see what each other's reactions are. But this time we decided to actually, we met up in the week and actually picked five actors um, that we thought <clears throat> had had good comebacks and we thought we would highlight those. Because otherwise um, we could prattle on for ages if we both picked so five. Many. Yeah, so... Because um, when the topic first came out of the hat, I was like, oh... This is going to be a tough one, but once you actually start thinking about it, quite a few came out. Yeah. Can so I, um, yeah, I was going to say, can, if I, because I think T- Terry's done loads and loads of work on this. Um, As always. Yeah. Doing my homework. I've, I've, yeah, I've done my homework. Um, mine was more visual <laughs> than, than writing down. Um, if I could go through the five that we picked, Terry, can you tell us about them? Yeah. Is that okay? Because <laughs> you've done all the work. I've written down a few notes. <laughs> I've well, written down like, like I've re- you're talking like I've written A4 page after A4 page. It's yeah, like a he's on seven sides like of A4. Like an A6 page that covers the entire everything I want to talk about in the podcast. Okay, so comebacks was my topic that I put in the hat, and, and it I've was, done all the work for. And Terry's done all the work for it, um, but it was inspired um, mainly by John Travolta um, in Pulp Fiction. Terry, so, start us off with John Travolta. So John Travolta, I mean, I don't like him as an actor. Oh. I don't think... I mean, controversially, I'm not a huge fan of Pulp Fiction either. Oh. I think it's a very good film. Well, we don't didn't get discuss this the other night. No, I wanted to blindside you with this. But no, I think John Travolta is a very basic actor. Oh. John Cusack basic? Oh, he's not quite that bad. I mean, at least John Travolta takes different roles and tries something and just phones it in mm. rather than doing the same old shtick over and over again. So obviously his big comeback was Pulp Fiction. Uh, looking through, I'd say his heyday before that was obviously like the late 70s, Saturday Night Fever, Grease. And that's when he then sort of disappeared into, I mean, mainly the Look Who's Talking trilogy. Yeah, I mean, there was so that. There is. I actually, as a child, loved those films. Mm. I have a vivid memory of having all three of them on VHS. Mm. And obviously the one with the talking dogs. Who doesn't want to have talking dogs? Um, obviously he had, in between that, he had the odd, decent film. Like He had Brian De Palma's Blowout, which yeah. is actually quite a good film. That's, I believe that's, that's an Arrow the, promotion. That's yeah. In the, yeah, it is. It's in the pile. I wanted to watch that last night, but obviously it's sleepy. I have to go to bed. Yeah, no. Uh, decent film. Um, he's not a massive part of it, if I recall. Um, 
And yeah. of course, he was in Carrie as well. Let's not forget him. Yeah. A little role but in again, Carrie. But again, that sort of late 70s, yeah, that early was, 80s, and that that's was... when he dropped off a cliff. Yeah, yeah. And I would also say that since Pulp Fiction, he probably hasn't done too much else. No. Now, see, I was I, I thought Pulp Fiction was a great comeback. Um, but looking at what he's done since... He, he's gone on to generic bad guys. Yeah. So, Face Off, very good film. He's in it, but as a sort of generic... Broken Arrow, again, stupid action film mm. that's entertaining, but he's a bad guy in it. The Punisher, he is awful in The Punisher. He has so much to work with as, like, an over-the-top villain. And honestly, it's just like they've got a bloke off the street who's reading the script as he's delivering it. He's mm. awful. Um, and... You look at what he's churning out now. I mean, he's churning out film after film and he's probably the, in his most prolific spell as an actor, but they're all like direct-to-TV, direct-to-DVD. Yeah. They're just... There's no quality whatsoever. What about... Now, he has got an upcoming film, um, which I know a few people are excited about. I'm just going to pop that to oh, one just this side. one where he's like properly like body transformed, isn't he? He's like dyed his hair. It's the, it's the Gotti film. Yeah. Um... I've just seen some things online about it where people are sort of saying, you know, so they're quite looking his, forward to it. in his locker to be a good actor. Yeah. But I just feel like for the most part, I feel like he's taking paychecks. He's not... Whereas a lot of actors obviously talk about, oh, I took this film because it was an interesting part. I don't think that's in his mindset. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. So after Pulp Fiction, I sort of think that he was then in everyone's mind yeah, and that he could cashed in on it yeah he's 100 percent cashed in on it and it was he was probably one of those actors that gets um tickets sold gets bums on seats at the cinema so studios want them in the film want him in the films but the films that he's in is that great but what about terry you haven't mentioned uh battlefield earth i actually have got that written oh you've here. got it written down have you so seen it i have seen it yeah I don't think it's as bad as people go on no. about. It got a very bad... Obviously, it's tied up with Scientology. Mm. Obviously, if you don't know, John Travolta is a Scientologist. <gasps> and Kelly Preston had to give birth with no pain medicine and was not allowed to scream. Which, if anyone has been in a birthing room, that's quite difficult. I mean, I was screaming because Jem nearly broke my hand. Um, but yeah, I think there's some interesting ideas in there. It was obviously done as a homage... I forget... Is it Hubbard, the guy who created Scientology, who wrote the film? RLH. Yeah, um, it's clearly just been done with no sort LRH. of no no sort of thought on will this make a good film. They have just made his vision, and it's not very cinematic. But there are some clever ideas. But yeah, it's not very good. No, um, but I don't think it's as bad as people call it out to be. Nah. Are we done with John Travolta? I mean, I'm so done what, with John what do we Travolta. think? You know, I mean, I don't um, I don't mind him as an actor when I'm. I mean. I I think Pulp Fiction is brilliant, but I'm a big Tarantino fan. I mean, I'm a massive Tarantino fan. I say I wouldn't say Pulp, Pulp Fiction is a lot better than a lot of other films, but I don't think it's near the top of Tarantino's. No, lots of people cite it as their favourite Tarantino film. It's not mine. No, mine's Reservoir Dogs. Um, but Tarantino's in the hat, so maybe you want to shut your mouth about that right now. Um, she just kicked me under the table. <laughs> Uh, so the only other thing I've got written about him is just, yeah, he's basically moved into action films where he plays a shit villain. Yeah. And he's very much back in a slump. But I can't... I mean, obviously, there's that film coming up, but I don't see him coming back out of the slump because if you go back to, like, Pulp Fiction days, not that many films were made, if that makes sense. Like, if you look at how many films get made uh, now... And they're how, churned out, yeah. So back then, you had to be good to be in a lot of big films, whereas now you can get the paychecks being in shit films. mm 
otherwise you wouldn't see all these actors making all these crap films. The, mm. the money is obviously there for them, so I don't feel like he has the the spurt, and I don't feel like another. There isn't another Tarantino role out there for him now, or a no. similar someone to craft a role for him. So I, I feel like this is what we've got for John Travolta now. Mm. Agree. Right, so next on the list, I'm going to go with the per- the other person that kind of inspired um, me putting comebacks in the hat, and that's Winona Ryder. Come on, tell us about Winona Ryder. So yeah, Winona Ryder, so... Didn't, I didn't think I knew much about Winona Ryder and hadn't seen many of her films, but going through IMDb, I have seen a lot of her films. So, I mean, for me, like the highs for her is probably like Girl Interrupted in the 90s. Mm, which agree. Obviously, very good film. And even at the beginning of her career, she had a bit of a Tim Burton mm. mix-up where she was in Beetlejuice, she was in Edward Scissorhands. I love Beetlejuice. Yep. Um, obviously, that links in with someone else on the list as well. Um, but yeah, she was just very dependable... I mean, is supporting actress downplaying her? Because I don't feel like she was ever... Obviously, Girl Interrupted, she was a lead actress. I don't know. I, w- I would say... Obviously, things like Little Women and that in there as no, well. No, I would say she was a supporting actress. But yeah, very, very, cold, very confident, very, like, dependable in every role. Obviously, Bram Stoker's Dracula as well she was in in the early mm. 90s, which, again, gets a lot of stick, mainly for Keanu Reeves, but... I love him and I would always stick up for him. I don't think his accent's that awful. But obviously her problems stemmed from something very different. John Travolta just started making shit films, whereas she had obviously a bit of a public breakdown where she Mm. was caught stealing. And that's what sort of started her downfall, where people just stopped hiring her. Again, she still had like the odd little bit. Like she's actually in Black Swan, which I'd completely forgotten Mm. about. She's the prima ballerina that Natalie Portman's replacing. Um, yeah, in... she seemed to be still around, but not in anything that you would remember. I mean, the fact that you don't remember her being yeah. in Black Swan. Um, it's, I, I've always thought about her, um, and I've, I've mentioned this before about actresses, because I mentioned it about Emma Stone, about finding them quite ordinary and she kind of fell into that category for me where I would watch her in films, maybe something like Dracula where she's got quite a big role, and I would be like, how she got this role? But I think How's she better than all the other actresses that are out there? I don't know who I would have picked in place of her. I thought she was great in Beetlejuice. I thought she was perfect for that's that because she was a bit weird. I think that's what leads into it. Like she's got a weirdness, but she's got that like every girl thing. Like She's not, and I don't mean this as like, some sort of criticism. She's not like stunningly beautiful. She's very normal looking. Mm. And I think that's what got her a lot of the roles because she, in a supporting character, you don't want someone that is going to take away from the lead actor or actress. You want someone that's going to fit in. And I feel like she'd fit in if you put, I mean, a blank in for someone. I can't think of another actress. Angelina. Yeah. So yeah, if you throw Angelina Jolie in there, People are going to remember, oh God, Angelina Jolie was in that film and she's going to detract and people are going to be looking at her. Maybe even like the lead actors and actresses want Renona Ryder instead of an Angelina Jolie so that she's more forgettable so that they come across as better in the films. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, I don't I think even during, like you said, like during her slump, I don't think she became a bad actress. It was no, no, just no. I the don't roles think a, dried yeah. up for her. I just think, yeah, because... So when we were researching this, apparently in two, it was 2011, she got caught shoplifting um, a load of clothes. She, it was like about $5,000 worth, um, which, of course, caused outcry because 
she could well afford those things. Not that it's right to steal if you can't afford designer clothes. Um, but she could clearly afford those things, but she stole them anyway. And I've I've seen some interviews where she says, oh, you know, people think that was my breakdown, but actually I'd already broken down and that was just mm. something else that I did. So I don't really know too much about what was going on with her and why she did that. But I don't think it's really come out. <clears throat> no, and I think most people, when you mention Winona Ryder... The first thing they remember is that she got caught shoplifting, um, which is a bit sad, really, because she has done some amazing films. Of course, then she came. She's I think she's made a sort of I think she's higher she's than a, she's ever been. She's made a triumphant return. What has she returned with? A little program called Stranger Things, which, mm. again, I think everything builds into that. So the fact that everyone has this scatty image of Winona Ryder that leads into the role of Stranger Things, because obviously mm. her character is very when the two series we've had so far is very sort of weird, very scatty. People sort of have a dull opinion of her. Yeah. So I feel like all of that has led to that being, I mean, I've not read up too much on Stranger Things. I have watched it. I do love it, but I don't know if like the part was written with her in mind or anything like that. Cause it wouldn't surprise me because it does seem yeah. t- to fit her public yeah, I don't, persona. I don't know if it was written with her in mind, but she is, I think she is perfect. Oh, she's absolutely fantastic in it. You don't, mm that role would be so easy for you to just hate her because she's so over the top and so whingy. Is she over the top though? No, that's what I mean. It could be. That's okay. what I think she plays it perfectly oh. so that you actually, you're on her side and you, you're you feeling those emotions. You're not like, oh, for Christ's sake, just shut up and get on I with think, it. Yeah, I think she behaves exactly how you would imagine exactly, yeah. a mum whose son had gone missing. Again, understated with it because it could yeah. be screaming and shouting and crying all the time, but... She just does it in such a way that they say it is genuinely believable. Um, yeah, so Stranger Things. I mean, if you've been living in a cave um, and you've not heard of Stranger Things, then go and look it up. Um, if you have heard of Stranger Things and you've not watched it, get it watched. Watch it. Um, I would say it's easily one of the best things that's been on telly in donkey's years. It's, it's amazing. Donkey's years? Like 10 or more years for me. Yeah, in its genre, definitely. It's just, it's just amazing, and it's set set in the eighties, and you really believe it's. Oh yeah, they've done you such. You really a good believe job. it has been made in the eighties. I mean, series two, the new guy with the mullet and the little shit stash. Yeah. yeah, everything, just the entire aesthetic is beautiful. Yeah. So so good. Right. Okay. So moving on from so she, just to end, yeah, she's yeah. obviously definitely still in a high. She's not back in a slump. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She is riding high, although she hasn't really cashed in on films. I don't know if that's just because she's busy with Stranger Things. No, I think she's got some more stuff. Uh, but I mean, a lot of the times up. you see, obviously, like um, oh, the sheriff in it. He's the new Hellboy, and that's okay. due out this year. And the the boy, one of the boys, is obviously in it as well. Yeah. Whereas Winona Ryder doesn't seem to have jumped in. Whether she's just wary of doing that again, having been through that before, and she's just happy being in Stranger Things and doing well in Stranger Things. Yeah. Um, yeah, just having a little um, little look here. She really hasn't um, cashed in at all, has she? Um, but you were saying about uh, one of the boys in It. Um, Finn Wolfhard, isn't it? Yeah. Um yeah, okay. No, we're not we're not gonna talk about that. But um Okay, we're done with Winona. Done with Winona. She's still on a high. We we like her comeback. Next one on the list, I'm gonna go for probably the most of it. This is the one that most people said to me when I said, Who's had a really good comeback? Robert Downey Jr. So yeah, so Robert Downey Jr. 
obviously the eighties had a few films. Nineties, he was in Chaplin, where he was actually Oscar nominated, directed by Richard Attenborough. Lost out to Gandhi, um, not the real Gandhi, obviously he was long <laughs> dead at that point. Um, but yeah, and then after that, he just fell away into despair. So he spent most of ninety six to two thousand and one in and out of prison, in and out of rehab. Hmm. So he got heavily into drugs, and it was all possession and what he was doing whilst on the drugs. He got um, he got caught uh, in possession of uh, firearms as well, I think. Yeah, but again, related to the drugs, I think. Um, so he's at, reading up on it. He's actually said, like, he blames it all on his dad. But when he was eight years old, his dad was giving him drugs and he just never had... No one ever told him that drugs were wrong, so mm. he'd never thought about it. Apparently, it got really bad for him because he was always on cocaine and he was okay on cocaine and then he ended up on heroin mm. and that's when he properly spiraled out of control he also said that he actually felt safe in prison i've read that as well because as he put it the demons couldn't get him but he didn't mean he meant the drugs it was hard he couldn't get hold of drugs while he was in prison and he was safe locked up in a cell no one could get to him he could just be himself um, and then it was finally in 2003 he went away and got clean and stayed clean and as far as i'm aware has been clean since 2003 so that's 15 years now. Why? Um, he was on Ali McBeal, wasn't he? Yes. And he got fired from that? So yeah, he was originally, because I mean, I can't remember how Ali McBeal ends. My wife has watched it. I've seen bits of it. But he was meant to be the one that Ali ran off with. He was meant to be... I've not seen one episode. Oh, so he's in it as a sort of love interest and he disappears. He was written out of the show because of drugs and prison. Mm. And he was meant to come back and be the love interest that she's staying with. But again... He just didn't end up. The film that I watched as a Kex file, he actually disappeared for a week at, during filming and they had to just sit and wait for him to turn up. And he arrived back a week late, didn't say anything, he just carried on. And that was just the expected behaviour. So again, his slump was very much, it wasn't choices that he made. It was just he had to make choices based on what he was being offered and he wasn't being offered good stuff because he wasn't trusted to be on set he wasn't trusted to and also he was in prison and he was in prison yeah <laughs> um, that hinders one's ability to act although having said that i i think he was al- allowed out to do to do projects and i am, am i right in thinking that because one of the things i really remember from the whole sort of like robert downey junior being being a ne'er do well um and him sort of being in and out of prison was when he did that um elton john music video um which yeah. i really really liked i loved the fact that it was Clearly Elton John singing, but someone lip-syncing for their life um, in the video. And I've got a feeling that he was let out of jail for the day to do that music video. Well, I mean, but he I was a very well-behaved prisoner and stuff, wasn't he? I don't think they would have seen him as a threat if they'd let him out. I think he was in the choir. Possibly, but... Apparently he's got a lovely singing voice. Apparently he's recorded an yeah, album. Yeah, he has. He's done um, albums. Ah, sorry, I've just kicked the table, <laughs> people. Um... But yeah, within that time, he still made like the odd good film. So a film that I went on about incessantly to Sonia and she refused to watch because I went on about so much and then finally watched oh, it. Oh, I know and what you're going to say. It. Yeah. I'm going to say four words to you, Sonia. Yeah. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang. What a bloody brilliant film. Yeah, I'll so, let you yeah, off there. That, directed by Shane Blacks, also stars my other love, Val Kilmer. Yeah. But yeah, that, according to what I've read, that was a very big precursor to him getting Iron Man. Mm. So that was sort of almost because he pays like a wisecrack. I mean, the one thing, looking through, he basically, although he's a very good actor, he does play the same character a lot. Mm. Charismatic, with the heart. Um, 
but also because obviously Iron Man would be his comeback, his triumphant comeback, 100%. which has led to everything else. So he's now mm. like the the lead man in the MCU. He's got Sherlock and everything like that. That um, John Favreau said that part of the reason he wanted him to play Tony Stark was because of all of his history, because mm. he could put that. Because obviously Tony Stark in the comics, he's battled alcohol. They haven't really covered that in the films, but he was an alcoholic. He's battled back from that. He's got the trauma of the fact that he built all these weapons that have killed millions of people, and he wanted him to turn that in. John Favreau had to fight very hard to get him to be Iron Man because Marvel, quite honestly, didn't trust him to turn up. He was, he was still rebuilding his career at that point and there was still question marks as to whether he could do it. Strangely, other people that were up for the role were Clive Owen. For Iron Man? Yes. Oh, God, imagine if he'd got it. Yeah, Clive Owen, Sam Rockwell, which you can see, and obviously he was in Iron Man too. And apparently Hugh Jackman was high up in the running, which, again, I just couldn't see. I mean, you... Li- there's many films where you can go, oh, I can see this picture, but you cannot see anyone else playing Tony Stark other than Robert Downey Jr. He is Tony Stark. It, it, it's, it's iconic now, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and the fact is, like, you see, although 10 years is obviously a long time, but he's only been playing him for 10 years. Mm. And when you consider that he's in his 50s, and that's literally what he's... And I don't think he'd even be annoyed that that's his absolute definition of his career now. Absolutely not. I mean, I think Spider-Man Homecoming he made, like, $30 million for... Because he's out of his contract now, whereas all the other Marvel actors have still got films on their deal. He does it film by film now, mm. so he literally bends them over a barrel, which is probably why he'll probably get killed off in the next film. Mm. Um, obviously, other notable films he's made during his comeback, obviously, you wanted to talk about the Sherlock Holmes films. I don't really like the Sherlock Holmes films. Why did I want to talk about the Sherlock Holmes films? You were talking about because you said... When I said Iron Man was his comeback, you said, was that before Sherlock? No, so I that, was just, that, meant... that was just a question. Oh, okay. I thought that was because <clears throat> you were going to prattle no. on about Jude no, no, Law no. and Sherlock. <clears throat> Although they do look lovely together on screen. But no, I, I genuinely didn't know if, if the first Sherlock film or the first Iron Man, first, I uh, Iron Man film, I didn't know which one came first. No, I, didn't, I didn't particularly want to talk about Sherlock. I like him though. But yeah, no, so that, yeah, that, that's Robert Downey Jr., who is very much still out of the slump, flying high. Comeback King. Avengers 4 due next year. Um, Sherlock 3, I think, has just been officially announced. Um, he's a franchise machine now. I'm not sure. I'm sure he's got other things on the go. But yeah, he could basically just make a living now out of being Iron Man. Yeah. And turning up to things. I hope he doesn't start shoplifting. Um, right. Next one. So we had, we put, we had like a, a list, we wanted to stick to five, we had a list of six, and we, if we get time, we'll talk about our number six, but we wanted to talk about this guy, because it's very uh, relevant right now, um, Josh Brolin. So yeah, Josh Brolin obviously leads into Iron Man, because he is <clears throat> Thanos within the Marvel Universe. Is he? He is, he's the big purple fellow with the, with the glove. Oh, who knew? So... Looking through Josh Brolin, so I was actually again a bit surprised that his heyday before his re-emergence was ages ago. So Goonies mm. is probably his big film. It was his first film. I think, no, I may be thinking of someone else. I think he thought about giving up acting at some point. Possibly, but I mean, he's got, because his dad's James Brolin, isn't it? And his, his mother-in-law is Barbara Streisand. I didn't know that. Because that's part of the joke in Deadpool 2 that they're watching Yentl and singing that song. I did not know that. Well, there you go. Your fact of the day, Sonia. Come on, saving that up for a pub quiz. Oh, I love a bit of Barbara. Um, I'll just get this right out the start. I had such a crush on him when I was younger watching Goonies. My God. He played a bit of a douche though, doesn't he? Obviously, he comes so? good at the end. Who cares? Girls just love bad boys, I don't know. They? That's been my problem. <laughs> 
Too much of a nice guy. Oh, you're ugly. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Son. Um, So, yeah, so he pretty much did that. And then there's a few TV series and stuff. He was actually in um, Jump Street. Yep. 21 Jump Street. Sorry, not just Jump Street. The TV series, not the films. And then, again, he seemed to go into generic bad guy. So he's in Into the Blue with the late Paul Walker, where he plays a bad guy. Um, everything I was looking through was literally just bad guy, bad guy, bad guy. I mean, he's decent in them. He plays quite a good character, mm. but he was one of those where, oh, there's a film, he's in it, he's blatantly the bad guy. Isn't mm. he? he became that actor. So the film that turned it around for him was No Country for Old Men mm-hmm. back in 2007. Surprisingly, that film is 11 years wow. old. Wow. So he actually had to fight very hard to get that role because obviously it was the Coen brothers. He asked for an audition. They said no. He filmed an audition anyway and sent it to them and had to fight for them to watch it. They watched it and then they called him in for an audition and then he got the role. Mm. But yeah, they just didn't think he was the right thing. And I feel that possibly they were thinking of Goonies the same as we would if we were thinking about Josh Brolin at that point and mm. like generic villains. But he's proven with that film and going on since he is a very, very good actor. He's amazing in No Country for Old Men. He has a very weird part. as He's like the good guy, but also the villain because obviously he did steal that money. Obviously, Shergar. Is it Shergar? Is that how you say it? I don't know. Banderas is... Not Banderas. I've only seen it once. Javier Bardem's character is obviously the main villain, but Mm. there's no one in that film is really a good guy other than Tommy Lee Jones as the sheriff who's just trying to piece together what the hell's going on. You'd have to ask Dan about No Country for Old Men because I think he likes it. I do like No Country for Old Men, but it was... That and There Will Be Blood around and, at the same um, time. And I guess given, which one I preferred. <laughs> I would have given There Will Be Blood all of the awards, yeah. even the ones it wasn't nominated for. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, let's let's just be very, very clear here. No Country for Old Men is incredible. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, you got me and Terry who um, love the other one more. Yes, absolutely brilliant. And obviously since that, he's gone on to make many, many great films. Say he's Thanos, he's Deadpool, and he's just made... He's Cable. Yeah, sorry, he's Cable in Deadpool. Apologies. He's that good an actor, I wasn't sure. Um, he's actually a really nice guy. He was on Graham Norton. Oh, well, you other... met him? Yeah. <laughs> he, popped, he popped down. Um, no, he was on Graham Norton. And obviously, with American celebrities on Graham Norton, it's always a struggle of, are they going to get Graham Norton? Because I remember once seeing Owen Wilson on there, and he literally looked like he wanted to die. He was just sat there, like, what is going on? Well, obviously, Ryan Reynolds, you know he's going to get Graham Norton because... Mm. What he, but yeah, I mean, I guess if you hang around with Ryan Reynolds, you're gonna start being like that. But yeah, he was they were telling great stories. He was on there with oh, someone from The Crown, and they'd actually made a film. And he actually, you could see he genuinely remembered her despite the fact that there was like a, she'd played a little part in this film, and they were talking about stuff on that. Mm. It was the film Everest, so he's like, Yeah, we spent five months filming on a cliff, like up a mountain, and then in the film, it's just all you can see is my eyes and. <laughs> because it's just so windy and so snowy you can't tell who anyone is I really liked Everest oh I thought Everest was a great film I was very gripped yeah I mean I love that sort of disaster caper kind of thing disaster caper <laughs> I mean capers... two, two words that probably don't go together <laughs> especially as it's based on a true story yeah um, but yeah so he's made many great films uh, Sicaro which has got a sequel coming out this year that's got a sequel year. coming out yeah that looks very I've very good I've not seen it although I do have a copy of it because Terry was sent two by mistake so I got a fever yeah, thanks Amazon um, um, but yeah, he's just very so. I mean, he's in Planet Terror as well. The yep. again, that was I think about the same time as um, No Country for Old Men, so that was sort of still within the slump. But it, for me, Josh Brolin, it just seemed like he needed that chance because, mm. like we've talked about, he's now still pushing himself. He's taking odd parts. He's taking big parts. 
for everything where he's doing like a cable or a Thanos, he's doing a Labor Day with Kate Winslet, which is quite a smaller drama film. Another one which I enjoyed him in, which I do, I do appreciate that by most people is recognised as a terrible, terrible film, is he plays Yarg Agent K in um, Men in Black. Oh yeah, I did, very good sort of subtle impression of Tommy Lee Jones. In yeah, that. I thought he was an excellent. He does young enough version for you to think, oh, that's Tommy Lee Jones as a young man, but without yeah, yeah, yeah. turning it into a shit impression. That's one of my um, men in, the Men in Black films. I really, really love them. I know they're kind of like really stupid, but certainly the third one probably considered really shit by a lot of people. But I do really enjoy them. But I know when he did Jonah Hex, didn't they? Um, so that was him pushing that film through. He wanted, he loves Jonah Hex, and he wanted to make Jonah Hex. That that's got an amazing cast. I thought it's got Michael Fassbender in it, Megan Fox. Seen it. He's a cowboy who can yeah. speak to the dead. It's it's got some interesting ideas, but it is just very poorly executed. And in what character? Because he, he's in Milk, isn't he? Yeah. So he, does he play? I think he's, Sean Penn's partner. No, I think he plays oh. the guy that kills him. Oh, spoiler alert for Milk. Um, I mean, does he does he have to kiss a man in milk? I think there's a. It's been a long time since I've watched it, but I think obviously Sean Penn is milk, who is an openly homosexual politician in America, and I think there was a thing of like Josh Brolin all Josh Brolin's character oh, killed no. him because he liked him and he didn't like it. I think they might have kissed each other. You know who? You know why it's ringing a bell. The other week when we did worst films and you did the thing about actors that you don't like, it was James yeah. James Franco. Oh yeah, that's why that bit of trivia stuck in my head. Um, so I would say for Josh Brolin, the only film that I think he was a massive misstep for him, and this was just a misstep into why they made it, was the remake of Old Boy. Yeah. It was just why remake that film? They completely sanitised the ending. I mean, again, he's pretty I mean, decent I seen in it, it, but Elizabeth Olsen's in it as well. She, they're both decent in it, but it's just why make that film mm. again? You either got to make it as it was because it had such an ending. I mean, I'm not going to spoil the ending for anyone, but the American remake just completely sanitizes it and mm. it's awful. Um, right, and obviously, to end very much still on a high. Oh, God, yeah. Having um, and I hope he two, stays there because. Having approaching two billion. Well, he's probably crossed two billion this year alone with Infinity War and Deadpool. I'm I'm not going to lie he's a, he's a man I enjoy looking at on the big screen so I hope his high stays high because again for a even while like yet. we said with Thanos he's aged beautifully yeah his acting in Thanos cause obviously it's all motion mm. capture he just gets so much across as Thanos yeah it, you know when you when you think you're just looking at a big face really yeah. um, his scenes with Gamora it's just brilliant. yeah yeah it's it's really good um so yeah again he's still on a high we hope he stays up there right now so the last one this is terry's shout really and i thought it was a really really good shout because we thought our number five was like a definite shoe in um and then terry came up with this one and i um like it so i allowed him to have it thanks Sonia. um no problem uh take us away terry michael keaton so yeah the great michael keaton so his heyday obviously way back in the late 80s early 90s although even his heyday had like oh, what's the word controversy so he was obviously Batman in Tim Burton's Batman mm. and Batman Returns. So if you think back to Batman was made in the late 80s, pre-internet at all, mm. pre any sort of mass media, when he was cast as Batman, 50,000 letters were sent to Warner Brothers arguing that he should not be Batman. Why shouldn't he be Batman? Because at that moment in time, he was known as a, com- a, a comedian actor, as a comedy actor. He'd obviously just made Beetlejuice with Tim Burton. That's mm. how they knew each other. 
and every he made like Mr. Mom and stuff like that. All of his films were like pretty shitty comedies. Nothing to do with him being really short. Possibly. <laughs> Not Although really he did short. Made, he did Too make some good comedies. Man. There's a comedy he made that before that called Dream Team where he mm. him and three other people from a mental institution like break out for the day. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I remember laughing heartily as a child. So yeah, so obviously he then they made Batman and he was absolutely amazing he really i'm so glad you said that because i like his batman his batman's really he really channeled the whole because obviously they were battling at that point people forget now at that point the everyone's reference for batman was adam west Mm. which i've got no issues with the tv series it's enjoyable in its own way but it did camp up the (laughs) one of the most brooding superheroes ever and obviously they very much brought that back but yeah he plays bruce wayne really well he plays because obviously Christian Bale gets a lot of shit for like his Batman voice. <laughs> Michael Keaton also puts on a Batman voice. Yeah, but Christian But just not Bale's quite as OTT. And reading up it as well, he ad-libbed the line, which obviously everyone uses now. And he recently used, he recently got like a honorary doctorate and he did a big speech and he ended it with, I'm Batman. He apparently ad-libbed that line. Obviously not that big an ad-lib. He was in a Batman costume at the time. Um, but yeah, I just think his Batman is really good. I think Batman Returns is just as good. Again, he said he found Batman Returns really hard to make because it was the first sequel he'd ever made. Mm. And it was, at the first, he was just trying to, he was acting as himself acting in the first film. He wasn't like playing it as a new part. Mm. And he found that really challenging. But then he sort of clicked and obviously, again, made a really cool He was originally signed up for Batman Forever. Um, Because originally Tim Burton was going to make it and then for whatever reason they decided to do what they did and they got rid of Tim Burton and then Michael Keaton basically turned around and asked for what can only be described as a phenomenal amount of money and they said no thank you. I don't know the actual figure but Mm. he said he didn't want to do it so much he just made up a number he knew they wouldn't pay and if they did pay he'd do it because he'd never need to work again. Which coincidentally he didn't really do a lot of afterwards. (laughs) So pretty much after Batman Returns he did nothing. So he just became, he tried to become a director. There's a film that he wrote and directed and starred in, which was what, what I tried to get for my Kex file, but okay. I just couldn't find it. It's called The Merry Gentleman. Looks quite interesting. He plays like a hitman. But yeah, he just stopped making, not that he stopped making films, but he was just making fewer. He, he went into like teen comedies at one point. So he's in The First Daughter with Katie Holmes, where he plays the president to her first daughter. He's oh, okay. in. Herbie Fully Loaded with Lindsay Lohan. Yeah. Um, obviously, the one thing he did decently in his interim was he voiced Ken in Toy Story 3. Yes. <laughs> so, but again, that was like almost a play on his Batman character yeah, because yeah. he was Ken rather than Batman. Uh, he was in Need for Speed. As like, uh, okay, I don't think I've seen that. Oh, it's not very good at all. I wasn't expecting I imagine that's a 50p Kex film, but don't bother. Uh, and then he came back with his triumphant return in Birdman. Yes. Which he basically played Michael Keaton in. So mm. he's playing a character who's dealing with the fact that he's only known for playing the Birdman. I mean, absolutely amazing film. Shot as a one-take film. Although obviously it's not a one-take. There are a few cuts in there. Mm. Stars your favourite actress, Emma Stone. <sighs> Stars Ed Norton. See, I love Birdman. And I'd, I'd forgotten that she was in that. Yeah. I uh, remembered him. I remembered she plays his Norton. I d- oh, just... Ugh. I mean, are we allowed to talk semi-spoilers for Birdman? Oh, yes, yeah, been out for fucking ages. what I loved about Birdman was, obviously, in his mind, he <clears throat> is Birdman. And there's bits where he takes flight and then he lands. And every time he does something that's Birdman in his head, 
it cuts back to the real world and you can see how that actually happened. So, oh, he's getting out of a taxi, so he didn't actually fly. Mm. And then right at the end, they blow that out of the water. Because mm. in his mind, he jumps out of his hotel room window and starts flying. And you're assuming that he's killed himself. Emma Stone walks to the window and she's looking up at the sky, smiling and her eyes are trailing. And clearly it's meant to intimate that he's flying in the sky. And I just loved how they played with it the whole way through. Mm. And then just went, nah, yeah, fuck it. He's flying, he's Birdman. Yeah. But yeah, such a great film. And obviously since then he's carried on. So he's been the villain in Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. He did The Founder, which I haven't seen yet, but I do really I mean, want to yeah, see. I mean, yeah, he's gone on from, like you say, didn't he? He was in American Assassin as well, which we didn't like. So he's gone He's gone from doing these like very forgettable films to then you say doing Birdman and then, you know, having that lead in Founder, which is... Um, which is a film that I meant to, I meant to catch, and I haven't watched it yet, but that's supposed to be really good. Mm. He's gone um, back to being a strong lead in a smaller film, yeah. or a very confident supporting character in a bigger film, like a Spider-Man: Homecoming or American Assassins. Um, He's good at grounding that. American Assassins, I think I mentioned this when we talked about worst films, is one of two films I've given one star He's to. He's good in it though. Um, I think it's just a terrible movie, and I was I was. I'm slightly concerned that when we talked about John Travolta doing those just kind of like shit films because you get a big paycheck, I'm slightly concerned that's the, that's what's going to happen to Michael Keaton. I mean, there is the potential for that, but I think I find doing he, something yeah. like a Spider-Man Homecoming, because mm. apparently he's going to be in the sequel, and obviously he's, spoiler, not killed off mm. in the Spider-Man films. So he's he's got the potential to be in more Marvel films. So I mm. think, I mean, a lot of actors talk about that old you don't seem like the sort of person that do a superhero film, but by taking that huge paycheck from that film, they can then do the other things that they want. And I, he strikes, as I say, he tried to become a writer director. He strikes me as someone that will build up his star enough that he can maybe try that again rather mm. than descend into. Because I think American Assassin, I think you can see again that that had the potential to become like a franchise. And again, that's maybe I can have that coming through. And because although he was in Spider Man, that's not necessarily a recurring role for him in Spider Man. Mm. Whereas if he can be, I mean, he's not, but like the cue to Dylan O'Brien's character in American Assassins, then he can have that come in and then do, because I imagine he's the sort of guy who likes to do theatre work and stuff like that. Yeah. Really. I'm pulling that out of the air. Yeah, but. yeah. Like, who the fuck knows? Um, right, you done with him? I'm done. Okay, so let's very, very briefly uh, touch on the one that we, uh, I took out of the list so Terry could have Michael Keaton, and that's Mickey Rourke. Um, he took a break from acting to become a boxer, is that yeah, right? Yeah, he played a boxer in a film, I think, and then he decided to become a boxer, and that's why his face looks so melty. And ruined his face. So um, um, it's been discussed on... Um, I think we've possibly discussed how terrible a film it is, um, Iron Man 2, or I know it's definitely been it's mentioned... It's in my bottom two for the Marvel franchise. It's definitely been mentioned on the um, Too Much Time on Our Hands podcast. <laughs> Um, they said about how terrible Iron Man 2 was but for me Terry knows how much I love Iron Man 2 because at the time I had the biggest crush on oh, Mickey Rock you were stroking the poster I think <laughs> no he looks like his face has melted but it was the wrestler wasn't it so what came first the wrestler and then was it Expendables the Expendables was off the back of the wrestler so his character in the Expendables like seriously I didn't know what to do with myself because I I do know some people that think the Expendables is terrible i love the expendable terry we got very excited didn't brilliant. we We got very very excited i think it was the one of the first films i went to see twice at the cinema 
Um, I absolutely loved it, and I thought nothing would. Do you remember top. when we went to see it the second time, and the <clears> guys who stand there and tear your ticket? He took our ticket, Ted. It went. I hope you're not expecting a plot. <laughs> we walked through. <laughs> Um, you know, the, the, I got so excited about seeing like the three um, leads together. And then when Mickey Rourke turned up, and I just... As tall the tattooist. I just, God, I fancied him so much. And I was just like, oh my God. Um, if you know Sonia, seeing her smiling and being <laughs> unnecessary is just weird. <laughs> just smiling, yeah. Um, I just, yeah, I was just like, oh my God, I've seen perfection in male form. And then, and then he, it was the character called Whiplash. I want to say he was called in Whiplash. In Iron Man, he's Whiplash. In Iron yeah. Man too, yeah. I don't think he's ever um, referred to him as Whiplash, but no, his character from the comic books is Whiplash. But I remember being very, very excited that off the back of Expendables, he was going to be in Iron Man 2 as this baddie. So I enjoy it for for different reasons than everyone. Well, no, apparently nobody else enjoys that film, but I liked it. Um, but what's um, what's he gone on to do since? Nothing. Yeah, nothing. He's, so. he's, he's <laughs> another one who is now it. cashing in, doing very small parts in shite films. Mm. But I think a big part of it is that he's quite fussy with it and he's just, yeah, it's like generic action film. Does he? Need, I mean, does he need to work? I don't know. I, I imagine he has a lavish lifestyle that costs a lot to run. But yeah, but yeah he's just, I, I don't think he cares. I think that's part of it. Whereas yeah. some people might want to have a legacy, whereas for him, he's just like... Pfft. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I mean, like, obviously, the rest of that is an amazing film, which he yes. barely got paid for. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but no, that's an amazing film. Really, really good. And I'm just grateful that we got Expendables and Iron Man 2, and I can just... Apparently, the Expendables 4 has officially been greenlit now. Wow. God knows if he'll end up in it or not. Um, but no, I enjoyed him in those two films very much. Um, not necessarily for the acting or the role or the dialogue but just just, just for the way his he face looked. on a just, hot day under a magnifying just glass just the way he looked yeah um right i'm, I'm just going to give a few um little mentions to a few other people uh, that i thought of and that people uh, got in touch with terry you can tell me whether or not they're comebacks um i one of the ones that i wanted to talk about was jessica lang um because i felt like she had a great comeback in american horror story i mean as we've said before i don't really know what she did <clears throat> before but yeah obviously um, she's definitely she was in Tootsie, um, and I think I think she lost out on an Oscar for Best Supporting Actress. I might be wrong. And she was in Cape Fear in the 80s, but then 2011 she came back in American Horror Story, and I would say that's very iconic. I know oh, she yeah. I've only she seen Series 1, but amazing. Um, I know she wasn't in Hotel because Lady Gaga was, but... Um, Is that because uh, she doesn't like Lady Gaga? I think Lady Gaga kind of replaced I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. Dan probably knows a bit better. I've also put down Angela Bassett, which, following on from American Horror Story, Angela Bassett um, made, I would say, a largely um, unforgettable, um, not unforgettable, forgettable, um, sort of like rom-com slash girl movies. Um, the kind of movies that I don't really seek out. Um, she did play Tina Turner in What's Love Got To Do With It, but that was in the early 90s. But then she she also came into American Horror Story, I believe, in the third season a few years after Jessica Lange. Um She did also voice uh, Michelle Obama in The Simpsons. Oh, did she? Which I found out. Um, I, I actually, Michelle would have done that herself. I actually thought it was Michelle Obama who did that. Um, Sandra Bullock obviously did loads of rom-coms. So I don't think Sandra Bullock was ever like off the radar. She was just doing what I consider uh, films. Yeah, um, nothing and then as good she, as speed. And she did um, Blindside and Gravity um, in 2009, 2013. So I, don't I think know she should have won the Oscar for Gravity. She's phenomenal in that film. Who's on her own. She, who's she up against? I can't remember, can't remember. but 
Um, but she, um, so she, I don't really feel like she, it was a comeback as such because I don't think she ever really went away. And I think she was, it was a very, more a sort of reminder that she was. It there. was. It was. Um, she was a very successful um, comic actress. Yeah. Um, and I don't mind her films. Um, I think she's quite watchable. But um, I mean, Blindside I think is incredible. Um, so that was that. And then and Drew... we've got Ocean's Eight coming this summer as well, yeah. which I'm very excited about. And then the last one because. Um, I like to highlight the ladies. Drew Barrymore, obviously, she came in. She was a child actress. Uh, she did ET, um, which I think most people remember her for. Um, and also for me, Firestarter a few years later. But then um, another, she's done another couple of like films that I really love. So she, in the mid '90s, she did Scream, but she did yeah. um, The Wedding Singer, which I love, love, love that film. Her and Adam Sandler have made quite a few um, films together. They have. They? Um, but again, she was another one who did all those kind of like rom com type films. But apparently, the Santa Clarita Diet, which is the Netflix series, which is yeah, that's having good. a second season now. Apparently. She was ready. I was just reading about this. She was ready to give up acting, and she was gonna plan. She was fo- gonna focus on a family business, whatever that is. The role was written with her in mind, and they didn't want anyone else for it. They approached her. She read the script, loved it, and she was just like, "So essentially, came out of retirement." I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to put my other plans on hold because I will regret not doing this. And she's doing this, and apparently, it's very good. Yeah, and, it's on my to watch list um, with many other things. <clears throat> And it's been very, very successful. Terry, have you got any that you quickly want to mention that I've we haven't done? I've got a few. Done? So, obviously, Arnold Schwarzenegger, very much a yep. planned one, but he took time out. I don't know if he's had a triumphant comeback yet. He's just back making standard action films, mm. but it's nice to have him back. Uh, Keanu Reeves, so oh, some God. another one who, he again, he didn't go away, but The Matrix is obviously... We his. wish he would, though. How dare you? <laughs> Terry, I'll fight you over this table now. Ugh. Terry uh, Terry feels about Keanu who are, how I feel about Mickey Rourke in the film Iron Man 2. Except for the fact that Keanu Reeves is actually beautiful. <laughs> oh, fuck off. <laughs> He's in his 50s. Is he? Yeah. Oh, okay then. Yeah. Um, so anyway, obviously Matrix is massive make him high a good point. Actor, though. He disappeared off. I don't think he's a brilliant actor, but he knows what he's good let's at. Let's not let's not get into this thing about Keanu Reeves. Just he's quick, in the hat. Quickly say um, what you got to say. Oh, is he? He is. Oh Christ! And then he sort of he was just making here or there films, and obviously John Wick, where he just reinvented himself as a badass action star. I mean, I love John Wick one and two. Again, three is officially announced for next year. Very excited about that. Ben Affleck. So obviously towards mm. the. Late 90s, early noughties, he was just seen as shit actor for a rom-com. Was he? I would say so. Okay. Well, that's what he was making, wasn't he? He wasn't making... He was making crap. What was he making? Jersey Girl, Giggly. (laughs) That's supposed to be one of the worst films ever, isn't it? It is, yeah. That was when he was going out with J-Lo, yeah. I Uh, forgot they were a couple. And obviously he turned it around by becoming a director, so he made The Town, which Mm. seems to get forgotten because of how well Argo did, but I think The Town is a much better film. So he acts and directs and wrote that based on a film. Gone Gone Girl, which he only directed. What film is it based on? Book. Dick. (laughs) Um, And then obviously he did Argo, which then won an Oscar. And since then, I mean, again, I feel like his star might be waning a little bit. It's going to depend. He did uh, The Accountant. He did The Accountant, which is very good. Apparently that's got a sequel... Um, Live by Night, his most recent directorial film, absolutely bombed. And I feel like mm. he's just in a place where he needs to be careful because he seems to be someone who does take on board what people are saying. So if people are slating his films, it affects him because he was massively affected by how badly Batman v Superman was viewed and Justice League to the point where he was talking about quitting Batman and now he's talking about doing it again. 
Um, so yeah, I feel like he's at a turning point where he could carry on being good or he could go back to the shit. This one's not really a comeback, more a reinvention. Liam Neeson, obviously mm. he was like dependable character actor and then made Taken and became an action superstar. Uh, Michael Caine, very good in the like early 80s and 90s. And then he started making things like Jaws the Revenge. And then he came back in 99 with the Cider House Rules where he won an, As- an Oscar. An Oscar. And since then, obviously, he's moved on to the Batman films. Matthew McConaughey, again, oh, yeah. dependable romantic comedies actor. Dallas Buyers Club really reaffirmed that he is actually a very good actor. He'd made a couple in between that. And then, yeah, the last one I had on my list was Mickey Rourke. Yeah, cool. Sweet. We've had a few people get in touch this week. Thank you for your um, thoughts on comebacks. I think we've covered them all. Um, so for the most <clears> part, yeah, it's the same ones we've been saying. Uh, I did have someone get in touch saying Charlie Sheen. Obviously, he's again back in the slump. But if you think about, again, late 80s, early 90s, he was part of that sort of brat pack, Young mm. Guns and stuff like that. Did he do that programme? Two and a Half Men. That's it. That was like his comeback. Yeah. Um, who else did we get sent through? Robin Wright was also mentioned. Yes. That's a good shout, that is. She was Forrest Gump, the Princess Bride. She wasn't Forrest Gump. She She wasn't Forrest Forrest Gump. Gump. She was in Forrest Gump. (laughs) That would have been a different film, wouldn't it? And as uh, Rich, who sent it in, said, like, he then sort of got, she then got involved with Sean Penn and that sort of seemed to spell the end for her a little bit. And then obviously she's now come back with House of Cards, where Mm. she's definitely the best thing in it. And I'm looking forward to the next series because it's going to be completely centric on her character. Uh, Winona Ryder was mentioned. Ryan Reynolds has got a shout out, which I could sort of see it, but I think that's more he's just really reaffirmed himself with Deadpool rather than he went away. Because even like Green Lantern, which gets a lot of stick, he's very good in it. And he is very, I mean, he again, he's like Ryan Reynolds in every film he's in. I've not seen it. Oh, no, it's very good. Uh, Downey Jr. came up again. Drew Barrymore came up again. Kiefer Sutherland is one we oh, haven't God, mentioned. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, he was a great shout. So, yeah, again, early 80s, 90s, Lost Boys, Stand By Me, Young Guns, Flatliners, mm. disappeared off, and then, obviously, his triumphant comeback was 24. Yeah. Again, he's carried on making some decent series, but every film he seems to make... I don't think he's necessarily taking the money, but he just doesn't seem to be picking good films. Yeah. Um, Downey Jr. came up again. So, yeah, I feel like we've covered everything that's been mentioned now. Sweet. Right, let's... Uh, so, Kex Files, we we went to Kex um, to try and buy a film starring someone... I, I mean, I, I tried to find someone from our top five. Yes. Whether or not it was in their slump, I'm going to say, yeah, mine was in the slump. Um, who wants to start? It's up to you, sir. Oh, so I'll do it. Um, I, I got the Darwin Awards, which stars uh, Winona Ryder. Um, and the Darwin Awards... Is that a comedy? Has it got Luke Wilson in it? Um, uh, no. Oh, no I thought Maybe. Um, so the Darwin Awards are um, given... Um, I don't know if they're like... Basically, people do stupid things um, which will inevitably either get them killed or injured, and they're given a Darwin Award. Um, or it's... I don't really understand the Darwin Award. Just Google it. Um, oh, no, I've not seen that. Yeah. Um, I'm, as you can tell, I'm not talking much enthusiasm about Looking this film. Looking at that cover, it looks shit. I um, 
I was I was bored. I, mean, I think I all you to... need to do is read that quote from the top on the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Downright hilarious. The X Files meets Jackass. No, <laughs> no, no, no. I love both of those things, and this was not it. So um, basically, so the the main character in it is played by Joseph Fiennes, and he um, used to be like a profiler, personality profiler, and he loses his job with the police, and he becomes obsessed with um, creating profile for these people that take it creating profiles these people that take extreme risks and he ends up working for like an insurance company um to sort of assess these i'm not um, gonna lie it's not yeah not coming across to me it's a good sounding film to assess these um these claims and um he investigates with winona Ryder. um she um she takes a bit more of a sort of a slapdash attitude towards the job you know she's quite sort of like carefree and just kind of like oh okay this seems pretty cut and dry let's go and he's just like no no let's look at the probability of things here um i was really really bored um the only redeeming feature of this film for me and i'm so glad i said because i was so close to turning this off i was like this is just it did nothing for me i think i stopped it three times i think i had to watch it over two evenings um towards the end there's two guys that are trying to get into a metallica concert and i can't remember how they're trying to do it but it probably involves some kind of rockets propelling them over the over the <laughs> wall to get into the concert. But you you actually see part of a Metallica concert. So um, Metallica actually filmed um, a performance for um, whether or not it was for the film or whether or not they were just being filmed and they were like, we're going to use it in this film. But they actually stopped one of the songs because they see these guys coming over the wall and they're like, what the hell? Um, and the band, you can actually see the band members looking and kind of saying, what the hell? Um and then at the end of the movie, so you see this scene in the Metallica concert and it's actually Metallica playing, so that was pretty cool. And then at the end of the movie, you see this guy and he's all bandaged up and he's, you know, got his leg in a cast and stuff like that. Metallica comes down and they sort of see him and they, they say something to him. They have like a little exchange. I think James Hetfield says something like, oh, you should stick to rock and roll or something like that. I can't remember. Um, but the film's only redeeming feature, and I'm so glad I didn't turn it off earlier, was the fact that Metallica rock up at the end and have like a little walk-on part in it. Otherwise, um, that very firmly stays in Winona Ryder's slump for me. And um, yeah, I can't, I kind of, I can't recommend the Darwin Awards to watch. Um, I didn't like it. The worst Kex file thus far for you? Um, maybe. It just, I just, it just didn't do anything for me. What did you get? So Mike X-Files starred Robert Downey Jr. Mm-hmm. So in a surprising twist, this was a film I went into Kex to buy. So I don't know how you do it, Sonia, but when we have one of these, so with this, obviously, we had the five actors. I'll go through IMDb looking at when their slump is and write down a few films. Yep. And then I'll just go into Kex and try and find those films. Mm-hmm. Lovely now, as we've mentioned before, Kex actually have 50p sections, so you don't Not have to worry. Not in the one about... that I go to, it I have to root through that you shit. need to travel to mine. So you can just wander through, and normally I end up going through and I'm towards the bottom of the list, but this was at the top of the list and I found it was US Marshals. Mm. So I didn't realise until I actually started watching it, it's actually a sequel to The Fugitive. Oh, okay. So uh, Tommy Lee Jones is in it playing the same character, that's really the only thing. He's a US Marshal who captures people who are fugitives mm. um the fugitive in this film is wesley snipes i like the way you say fugitive fugitive <laughs> uh is wesley snipes who is a fugitive a go- he is he's a government agent gone wrong he's killed some co- he's suspected selling secrets to china gone wrong <laughs> yeah he's a wrong one. um and 
obviously they had to one up everything. So in the fugitive, Harrison Ford escapes <laughs> when there's a train crash. In this, it's a plane crash, and the plane takes so long to crash. It is ridiculous. I mean, it must. They land on a road normally. Obviously, it's a road, not a thing. Everything's fine. Not the, a thing. Everything's fine. Like they deploy the brakes. But for some reason, whereas a plane would normally stop on a runway, it just keeps going. It then starts hitting pylons, catches fire, <laughs> falls in a tree, out of a tree, down a ravine. Falls in a tree? Well, it goes all over the place. Ends up in a river upside down. And the, like they get everyone out, but Wesley Snipes does a runner. Um, and then Robert Downey Jr. is part of a different... I think he's like FBI or something. And he's put on to Tommy Lee Jones' team to help him catch him. Um, I mean, are we talking spoilers? The film is from 1998. <laughs> I think that's fine, yeah. So it turns out that he's a wrong one as well. <gasps> so he's you actually spoiled it for me. He's actually the person who was selling secrets and he's basically on the team to make sure that he can get to Wesley Snipes first and kill him so that he can't get caught up in it all. It's actually very good, it's very tense, some good action scenes. There is also some ridiculous disguises that Wesley Snipes wears. He wears a lovely shoulder length wig at one point um, and a lovely business suit. Um, but yeah, no, it's <laughs> it, it's two hours. It is a double-sided DVD. Although, wow. thankfully, one side is the film, the other side is the extras, because it is a special edition for 50 pence in this case. You've done very well. I have. But no, thoroughly enjoyable. I would very much recommend it. Possibly forget that I've just given a massive spoiler if you're planning on watching it. Yeah. Um, but no, I think even with the spoiler, because again, I feel like Donnie Jr., there was a point where you didn't think he was a good guy. And mm. like, as soon as he turns up, you're thinking... It's a bit weird that they're making him have another person who has nothing to do with catching a fugitive on his team. He's obviously there for a reason. And he's got a silver-plated gun that Tommy Lee Jones doesn't take kindly to. <laughs> um, I mean, one of the funniest bits in the film is it starts with someone dressed in a chicken suit handing out samples of chicken, and then they take off that, and it's Tommy Lee Jones on a stakeout. And he's just <laughs> grumpy Tommy Lee Jones in a chicken costume with a gun. I mean, that's literally like minutes in. But no, heartily recommend the US Marshals. I enjoyed it greatly. Oh, well, I'm glad you got a good 50p watch. I've not had a bad one yet. I'm getting a bit disheartened with mine. Um, two pounds I'll never see again <laughs> over the last four weeks. You get 4p back taking them to, yeah, I know. Back to Kex. I know. It's an outrage. Right. Are we done? I'm done. Right. So a few little things about next week. Terry and I are having a work outing with um, Dan from the Mother Pod. <laughs> We're going to see Solo on Monday. Woo! You looking forward to it? I am. So I think we've said on the point before, I'm not really fussed by it, but mm. I feel like I have to see it. And it's had notable reviews. So, and obviously, yeah, interested to see Donald Glover's Lando, as you've obviously said that you fancy him massively. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think, I mean, I'm a big Woody Harrison fan and he's in it. So I'm going in with moderate expectations. So fingers yeah. crossed. Let's go in with low expectations. and then I wouldn't um, say it's hope, low. Hopefully but... it's low for me. Well, no, it's not. It's moderate because we've got... Um, make your boy with the capes. Um, so yeah, we're going to go and see that. Um, I'm going to Slam Dunk Festival this afternoon. Hope it doesn't thunder and lightning at you. Well, I hope well, it, it doesn't, doesn't thunder and lightning. Why would moment, you say that? Because that's what the weather says. Oh, does it? Oh, yeah, blimey. thunder and lightning for most of the week. Very, very frightening. Um, Galileo. Yeah, I've only got to walk around the corner for it, so that's nice. Pack a mac. Um, yeah, I might, oh, I left my mac at home, but um, yeah. Don't so, use an umbrella. Um, if you want, if you want to see how Slam Dunk Festival is, watch that other. No, uh, don't watch. Follow that other uh, Instagram account which I gave out last week. Um, 
So what should we do now? Social media or should we pull from the hat? Let's pull from the hat. Pull from the hat. Do you want to pull from the hat, Terry? Yeah, it's my turn. Let me pass you the hat. Here we go. Have a little rummage in the hat. Pull out a subject. <laughs> pull out a subject. What is it? It's a yellow one. Oh, it's one of mine. it's yours. It is the Stath. Yeah! So for anyone who doesn't know who that is, that is Jason Statham, who... If anyone who doesn't know who that is, just get off of our podcast right now. <laughs> unsubscribe. Yeah. Don't unsubscribe. <laughs> Please come back. <laughs> um, no, so yeah, so I mean, I think that's a fairly self-explanatory topic. We'll be talking about Allah the way we did with The Rock. We'll talk about our favourite films with the Stafe, our least favourite films because I don't think there's a bad Stafe film. Don't don't and even then speak. From Kex, we need to get ourselves a 50p Jason Statham film, one that we don't already own. That's don't, that's going to be troubling. Not I troubling, don't think difficult. I don't think there's any that we don't have. I mean, the main problem. Possibly don't own, but slash haven't seen because there's a few that probably you've got that I haven't mm. that I don't own. So it might be a case of, but then there might be something that I mean, uh, no, because there's a lot. <laughs> it's going back for yeah. basically. So He's next made week, a few shit comedy films recently that I haven't watched. So. Next week, what you might have is just a full <clears throat> and thorough review of all the state films. We might not do a Kex file because there's no point in us rebuying things that we already own. Um, and I'm pretty sure. That between the two of us, we do have all the... So I haven't seen, like, Spy, but I don't know if that would fit the Kex files. Let's talk about it next week. Yeah. Let's talk about we'll, it next week. We'll try, week. but if not, we just won't do a Kex file. Um, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll tell you what films you can buy for 50p in Kex. Yeah. Which star Jason Statham. Um, we, uh, social media then, we are on Theatrical Cut Pod. On Instagram. On Instagram. Um, at theatrical cut on Twitter. At theatrical cut on Twitter. I am Mallory underscore watches on Instagram, and Terry is prefax. Terry is also prefax on the Twitter. I'm bloody Mallory. Terry, what's our email address? Our email address is theatricalcut at gmail.com. So if you want to get in touch about why you love the Stafe and your favourite Stafe films, then get in touch there. The mother pod is T-M-T-O-O-H on the Instagram and 2-M-T-O-O-H on the Twitter. And I believe their next podcast is all about Star Wars. Yeah, so give it a listen. We've given our, well, I've given my rating to the current nine Star Wars films, excluding Solo. I don't know if you've actually given that over yet, Sonia. I've given a list, yeah. <laughs> of Star Wars films. <laughs> Not necessarily. I might have given him my shopping list. Um, but yeah, I've sent a list their way. Um, so listen out for that when it's out. Listen out uh, for us when we're out. Um, we'll be announcing that shortly. Terry, anything else? I'm done. Mike, drop. <laughs> <laughs>